podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Metz. Today, we do have a full slate for you. Yes, we are closing in on the bowl game for the Kansas Jayhawks. And look, Kansas has had a couple or four practices already to this point. There's plenty of things kind of going around there. But there's not really a ton of news from the football side. So instead, we are going to focus on basketball today. We have two huge matchups coming up, one for the men, one for the women. The men are going to take on Indiana in Assembly Hall on on Saturday. Uh, It is the return game of what they had last year. And, hey, guess what? Um, It's going to be a phenomenal game. I do think that this is a team that could potentially give the Jayhawks fits. Um, I do talk with Tom Brew of uh, Hoosiers Now. over That's the Fan Nation site that covers covers the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, He will be coming up here just shortly. But before that, we do need to talk about the women because the women are hosting again on Saturday later in the day. Central Arkansas, but they do have a big game coming up against Nebraska. It's their last chance to get a Power Five win um, against a team that, uh, you know, to, to lead them into conference play. Uh, they do have West Virginia coming up at the end of the year. Uh, they will be hosting them in Allen, or, yeah, in, in Allen Fieldhouse at the end of the year. Uh, but for the women, this is, I think, a good opportunity for them to go ahead and really put together the kind of December that they need here. They really need to build on what they did against Wichita State, what they did, you know, against Houston Christian and build themselves into a big winning streak. Um, Central Arkansas is a good opportunity to get number three, and then they need a strong showing against Nebraska. And this is a Nebraska team, I think, that is a a, a much better team um, than I think a lot of people expect them to be. I think they are a decent team that Kansas is going to have their hands full with. Thankfully, that game is in Allen Fieldhouse will give Kansas a great opportunity to avenge the three overtime loss that they had last year um, that kept them from going undefeated in the non-conference. Obviously, things are a lot different for this team. They had some bumps uh, getting everybody acclimated. Smiley Nichols, though, has come on really strong. I expect her to have a big game. Diana Jackson coming back from her illness. Had a great game against Wichita State. Um, you know, And then you have Franklin and Kurzgeeter, of course, that are just all over the place and doing a, a ton of great things. But I've been really impressed with the way that players like Paris Gaines, McKenzie, um, uh, Mackenzie Smith, you've got tons of different players coming off the bench. Denai Papadopoulou, um, I, I always mispronounce her name, kind of like I did with Iowana Hatleonti last year, but I, I promise I'll have it down before the end of the year. But Denai has stepped up really, really well, um, You know, filled in when, when Jackson isn't able to be on the court, either because of illness or just because of foul trouble or whatever. Um, but Sophia Telegdi has also stepped up and just had a, a phenomenal since since her return from her injury, from injury she has played really well. So I am really looking forward to what this team is able to do against Central Arkansas and then see that big test against Nebraska. They start the conference season with West Virginia coming to Allen Fieldhouse on December 30th. So if you don't have any other plans and you're not able to go to the you know Kansas men against Wichita State in the T-Mobile Center. Um, you know, that's a very, very good secondary option that will allow you to be able to really enjoy what it is that you're doing there and, and really get an opportunity to see this women's team in action in the historic Allen Fieldhouse. So, um, you know, the other the other things that are absolutely fantastic to see in action, that would be a sponsor here on the podcast, Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. They have a absolutely fantastic lineup of uh, of clothing apparel that is vintage, uh, vintage clothing apparel that is collegially inspired. 
look, they've got all kinds of great stuff. They have, they want you to be one of the best dressed fans this season. And they have tons of stuff leading up to the holiday. Unfortunately, we are now past the last day that you could order to make sure you have it for Christmas. But there are a couple different options that you do have. You still can order it. And then, you know, it'll just get here a little bit after Christmas. It's no big deal. Or you do have the option to give, you know, gift cards uh, to people so that they can go pick their own fantastic items from Charlie Hustle. Go over to charliehustle.com. Uh, take a look at what they have there. They have all kinds of great stuff. They have a, a KU holiday sweater that I absolutely love. Uh, I really want to get me one of those. They have a ton of great stuff, a ton of NIL opportunities for different players, a ton of basketball players, and I am looking forward to seeing what else they add throughout the rest of this year. So if you have not already, go over to charliehustle.com. You can take advantage of whatever sales that they have over there or use promo code 10-12-15. That's T-E-N-1-2-1-5. That gets you 15% off of all non-sale items at, uh, at the store. Again, that is a code you can use whenever you want. There is no limit to it. You can use it more than once. Uh, go find all that stuff so you can get stuff for a bunch of different people. And uh, yeah, Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. All right. I do want to go ahead and get us over. Uh, we will have some, you know, a, there, there's going to be some talks here uh, pretty soon on the podcast talking about some, some of those spring sports getting ready. Um, you know, we do have like baseball and softball are starting to ramp up training sessions and they're going to have exhibitions soon. And then we're going to be getting into the bulk of, of what it is that they do. But then, uh, you know, we, we're going to have tennis in the spring. We're going to have tons of stuff coming up. I am really looking forward to it. Once we get past this holiday season, um, the coverage here will really ramp up. We'll have a ton of things to talk about. So let me go ahead. I need to throw it to a quick break, but we will be right back on the rock chalk podcast. We'll be talking with Tom brew uh, of Hoosiers now. And I'm joined now by Tom brew from Hoosiers. Now that's the fan nation site that covers uh, the Indiana Hoosiers. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you coming back on. I believe we've talked once before, uh, before the game that they had last year. But, uh, you know, this is a uh, this is a, a game that I think a lot of people were expecting to be a marquee matchup. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that... I, th- I thought that the the expectation was that Indiana was going to be a a fairly good team this year, even though they have a bunch of brand new pieces. Yep, I think that's accurate. I mean, it's uh, they lost uh, their entire starting front court from last year uh, with Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, and Miller Cop, three guys who played a combined you know four hundred college games. So it's uh, they started from scratch, but they filled in uh, those gaps pretty well. Uh, they got uh, Malik Renew, who's a sophomore from Miami, who uh, played some last year, uh, is starting at power forward and has played well. And uh, Khalil Ware, who was a five-star recruit out of Arkansas that went to Oregon as a freshman and uh, didn't quite fit in after his coaches left, uh, transferred to Indiana. He's a seven-footer. He's more of a perimeter player than a you know down-low banger, but uh, seven-foot, but really thin, but... Uh, you know, I have high hopes for him. And then uh, a lot of Kansas fans know about uh, Mackenzie and Baco. He was a Duke commit who uh, uh, decommitted when uh, Kyle uh, Filipowski came back to Duke and uh, came down to Indiana and Kansas in his recruitment, and uh, he chose Indiana. So that's their all-brand-new starting front court. And, it's, and they have, uh, as you would expect, with three brand-new faces, it's taken a little bit of time for all of them to get comfortable with each other. But – They've all had some stretches where they played pretty well, and they're still trying to figure it all out. But uh, you know, certainly, those three players 
are by far the best three players on this team right now. And they're, uh, you know, they're, you know, this is not a gloom and doom situation. I mean, it's, oh, uh, right. Yeah. Sorry if I made it sound like, you know, I mean, their only losses so far this year are a neutral side to Connecticut and then a neutral side to Auburn. So it's not like they are, you know, really, really bad or anything like that or, you know, they, or they took a bad loss or anything like that. Like, there's nothing that, that I see in what they've done so far that makes me think they're going to be a bad team at all this year. I just think that there was an expectation that this team was going to take a significant step forward because of all the new guys that were coming in. And it hasn't happened yet, but there's still plenty of time for it to oh, happen. Yeah, well, I don't know if that was a realistic uh, expectation, though, Andy, because it's like, like they were, uh, you know, they were not in any top 25 uh, polls at the beginning of the year because they lost. You know, Trace Jackson Davis was one of the best players Indiana's had in the last two decades. And, uh, and they lost him. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, so, you know, they, I think they were, uh, I think they were 50 in the Ken Palm preseason ratings. So that's, that's what people thought of them. And like I said, they weren't in, they weren't in any AP polls, weren't in any, uh, uh, coaches polls were picked to finish, you know, eighth or ninth or 10th in the big 10. It's like, like, you know, it's Indiana, so there's always expectations, and there's always optimism that some of these young guys, uh, new guys, could help. But uh, um, you know, they, and they, you know, they started out really poorly, uh, just trying to get everything going. They they won three early non-conference games against Florida Gulf Coast, Coast and Army and Wright State, and they didn't really play very well in any of the three. But they had one good seven or eight minute run in every game where they at least got the win, like. This is not Northwestern losing to Chicago State or Michigan State losing to James Madison or right. things like that. They still they still won. And, you know, then they uh, even the UConn game, Andy. I was there at Madison Square Garden for that, and you guys just played UConn, so you know. And that UConn team is really good. Right. And the Indiana game with them, uh, UConn just you know they they were able to get open for some threes and they nailed a bunch sort of middle of the first half and went up by about thirteen and then for like. A good 20 minutes. That game just went from Connecticut being up six to Connecticut being up 13 or 14. Indiana would always make a run and get within a two possession game, and then Connecticut would pull away and Indiana come back. And it went that way for a good 30 minutes, you know, 28, 30 minutes. And then, you know, right at the end when it was 13, then Connecticut went on another 8 0 run, and they wound up winning by 20. But then when people saw this, like, oh, Indiana got killed, they lost by 20. But they were sort of like, in the game, really, for most right. of it. So it's uh, so it's a twenty point loss, and I'm not making any excuses for it. But you know they were there, you know, and then you know they 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 really played well to beat Louisville the next night. You know they opened up their Big Ten play. You know, you know Maryland was picked to finish third in the Big Ten, and they crushed them. You know they were up twenty five in that game in Bloomington, and then they went on on the road to play at Michigan, which is never easy. They were seven and a half point underdogs. And they handled Michigan like it was no problem. So they have played good games, but their problem right now is like they just their guard play is just not good. Uh, Xavier Johnson, who's a six-year point guard, uh, he got hurt in the Kansas game last year, broke his foot, and missed all of last year, and now he's got a foot injury again. Uh, ironically, the other foot, but Ugh. he's missed several <laughs> games now, and uh, they've been forced to play Gabe Cups at the point and. He's a true freshman point guard, uh, four-star kid out of Ohio, tough kid, coach's son, all that. But he's had to learn on the fly here, basically six games in, 
you know, how to be the starting point guard at, you know, at a major, high major college level. And that's, you know, that's been taking an adjustment. Auburn, which presses full court and double teams constantly, you know, they really gave him a hard time. And, and that had, that's been a problem with Xavier Johnson out. And they really don't have a backup point guard after Gabe Cup. So Trey Galloway, who's their two guard, he came on late. You know, he was had a, he's a he's an Indiana kid, also coach's kid. Uh, he didn't really do much his first two years in Indiana, but last year he was really good. He uh, played the two guard spot, shot forty six percent from three, one of the best defensive players in the Big Ten. But this year he's just really been struggling out of the gate. He just doesn't have a shot going. He's low twenties from three. He certainly, you know, gives them a lot defensively and all that, but he just hasn't been scoring much later. And, you know, their guards off the bench just haven't really been doing anything yet either. So that's been uh, the biggest problem. But, uh, you know, so their front line's been okay, but uh, their guards have been certainly a big issue so far. Yeah, so, I mean, talking about that guard play then, like, I mean, who who are the guys that you think could step up in a, in a, in a game like this? I mean, because you have, you know, you have Dewan Harris on the outside. You have... Um, you have uh, Kevin McCuller playing out on the wing, and you know you even have like a KJ Adams who can play out in the in a guard type of role if he decides that he wants to play out there. Um, how, how much of a worry is it what Kansas has shown so far, and is there any potential kind of, I guess, uh, light at the end of the, or I should say, um, you know, silver lining in the fact that Kansas is still trying to figure out its its two guard spot? Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. I mean, it's uh, yeah, I think. This, what, that's what makes me so excited about this game on Saturday. And yes, I think obviously Kansas' strengths are you know three, four, and five spots. That's true. That's the same thing with Indiana. It's true the same way with them. And uh, you know Kansas guards are certainly better than Indiana's guards. But uh, uh, Gabe Cups and Trey Galloway, they will guard you. I mean, they're they're both uh, you know good, scrappy defensive players. And CJ Gunn, who's sort of the first guard off the bench right now for Indiana. He's a sophomore. He's also a very good defensive player. It just hasn't found his shot yet either. But uh, so that I think the key there is for Indiana just to be able to hold its own with Kansas guards. And then uh, you know, I think you know the McCuller and Baco matchup will get is going to be good. Khalil Ware and Hunter Dickinson that'll be a good matchup. You got to remember Hunter Dickinson's very familiar with Assembly Hall. He's played there a lot when he's at Michigan. He's very familiar with Indiana too, but Hunter Dickinson is uh, one in three against Mike Woodson coach teams. I mean, they Indiana has had very good game plans for Hunter Dickinson through the years. It's taking him out of a lot of stuff and beating up you know three in a row. So it's uh, they know what they're doing there, and, and he and Ware are similar players. You know, and, and Malik Renos, you know, he's going to be part of it. Indiana's got uh, a fairly deep bench when it comes to big guys too. So. They can rotate people in and out, you know. But yeah, this uh, the big thing I think in this game is Indiana just cannot let Kansas go on any of those. Indiana, you know, in games against Connecticut and Auburn so far. Sorry, you you cut out there really quick. You can't let Kansas go on any of those. What? Like ten o twelve o runs. Like that's right. You know, Connecticut that Auburn did that. Like they, you know, uh, they just can't. They can't let that happen and. And I would like to think, with it being a home game in Bloomington and the environment being what it's going to be, that that probably doesn't happen as easily as it does in neutral court games. But uh, but we'll see. Well, certainly, I think that's the key: is that Indiana needs to just make sure they can avoid those long runs. 
Yeah, and 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 that is definitely the thing is that you know Kansas, Kansas has had success in those kind of thing, you know, in in, in those kind of situations. But um, I don't know that they've necessarily gone on the road. Actually, you know, Kansas doesn't actually have a, a an official away game at all um, on on their schedule yet. So this is their first time going on the road to to face an, an opponent. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how Kansas reacts to that. Uh, I, I'm not extremely worried, but it is definitely something that you haven't seen yet with this team. The other thing to keep in mind, I think, here is that Kansas has had their own struggles from three-point. They have guys that, you know, Dwan Harris can make them if he gets in a rhythm, but he doesn't take very many. You've got Elmarco Jackson, who's been kind of up and down. He's been up recently, but, you know, he is he is a uh, true freshman who has an opportunity to to kind of go on slumps. He's, he's done it multiple times. You've got Johnny Furphy, who, again, another true freshman that that uh, can get hot but doesn't necessarily. The guy they brought in to be their main three-point shooter is Nick Timberlake, who has not really been that good in terms of shooting from three. So, yeah, I, I think you're right that, the you know, the guard matchup, like whoever plays better at the guard spot is probably going to have an advantage because the other, you know, because both teams are really strong down low. You do mention Hunter Dickinson, and um, you know it, it is it is interesting. I think because there's been plenty of games where I felt like the team has taken Hunter Dickinson out of the game in the first half. Missouri was a great example of that, but KJ Adams made him pay enough that they couldn't focus on him the same way that they did in the first half. And in the second half, you know Dickinson gets his points to get up to double digits. So I, I, I had thought there was a game where he actually didn't score double digits this year, but. You know, I went and went back and looked at the game log, and yeah, I mean, he he's he scored at least thirteen points in every single game this year. So I'm not worried about him getting his. The question is going to be how does he get his, and is it because other people are being very effective, or is it because Hunter Dickinson's using you know forty percent of the shots? Yeah, he's uh, he's an interesting player. I mean, obviously, I've watched him for three years fairly closely, and, and uh, I like his offensive game. I don't think he's a very good defensive player at all. Um, so I'd be curious to see uh, how Kalel Ware does against him and how Kansas sort of guards Indiana's bigs. Uh, it's going to be a good, interesting matchup that way. But, but you're exactly right about K.J. Adams. I think the world of that kid, I mean, he's, he's fun to watch. And I think, you know, he's the guy, like, if I had to guess right now who the leading scorer in this game is going to be, I'm going to guess K.J. Adams. You know, I, I just yeah. have a feeling that he, he's capable of really taking off in a game like this. But we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, you know, like you know, like I said, I love, I love that it's sort of like good on good this matchup here, which really makes it interesting to me. And you know, and then I'm be interesting too to see how Kansas plays off the bench on the road because you you know this, Andy, from watching college basketball as long as you and I have. You know, the role players always play better at home than they do on the road. Oh yeah, you know, for and sure. And with this being their first true road game, especially for those true freshmen. They've never seen anything like this before, you know. So that's you know that's all part of it. That's all part of freshman learning uh, to play on the road and to play away from home. And that it's not an easy thing. So uh, like some of those games that, that they played so far, uh, you know, it, you've seen it. You know, those guys go off the bench, and some of some games it's been good. Some games it's been horrible. You know, so uh, so I think a lot of those bench guys. It's going to be interesting to see like how comfortable they get when they come in. You know, and it's or if it's a struggle, or you know, or if Indiana makes some sort of run when it's bench on bench, you know, that to me I think is a real important part of this game. It's like, yeah, you know, when, when it's go when we when we're going to the benches, when when Self and Woodson both go to their benches, like who wins that battle? And I think 
I think that's what, to me, that's like one of the big unknowns right now in this game because I'm not like as, for as much as I love Kansas as starting five, still not completely sold on what they get after the guy six to ten. Yeah, yeah, that's been a big issue. The only the only guy coming off the bench that I have absolute confidence in would be Parker Brown at this point, and he, I mean, he's been phenomenal coming off the bench and you know providing some big minutes. But again, it's another guy down low, um, and so when like when, when Hunter Dickinson comes off the court. I feel really good about what Kansas can still do because I do think that Parker Brown's probably one of the more physical players on this team, um, which kind of helps with that change of pace. But yeah, I, I don't really know how this Kansas bench is going to react, especially from, you know, from the perimeter. There is a guy, you know, Jamari McDowell, I think has a good opportunity. He's been good in spot minutes. I mean, he was the guy that you threw in that, that Bill Self threw in at the end of the Kentucky game, um, you know, in the champions classic to kind of help settle things down, which, he came in ice cold off the bench uh, and was able to put in some big minutes and get some big points. But I don't know that you can rely on a guy like that to come in all the time and be able to, you know, to, to be able to do the same sort of thing. So Kansas has a bunch of pieces. The problem, and, and I think where Cam, most Kansas fans are worried coming into the year, was who is going to be the guy that steps up at two, you know, to kind of fill out that that starting rotation, and who is going to be the guy that, you know, steps up off the bench in that, you know, we need a spark, we need a three-point shooter, we need somebody to come off the bench and do something uh, when things aren't going well. And I just don't know who that is at this point. I will say, I think Kevin yeah. McCuller has taken a huge step forward this year, though. Um, he, you know, he's had a, a jump forward much like Ochai Abaji did two years ago and Jalen Wilson did last year. And um, you were talking about K.J. Adams potentially being the leading scorer in this game. I, I do think that if it's not Adams, it's probably – Kevin McCuller because he went he he got super hot and went seven of nine from three or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's and I agree that could certainly be the case. Indiana is a weird team when it comes to three point uh, defense. They uh, how they guard people and you know especially when teams have good bigs like Kansas does, you know they leave guys a lot. You know and it's just uh, uh, they've been burned by that many times. So, uh, a good example of that was last week with Auburn. Auburn, you know, like Bruce Pearl thinks they're going to be a good shooting team, but they haven't really been real good out of the gate. And, you know, Auburn got upset in a, in a sort of a rare road game to Appalachian State uh, where they only made three of 27 three-point attempts. And they just weren't good at all, and they wound up losing the game because of it. But, you know, then they play Indiana, and they make 14 threes, you know, and it's just uh, – um, and, you know, it just, just changed, the, changed the game completely. I mean, Indiana came out. With a, you know, they were led 22 to 10 at one point, Indiana did. And then, uh, you know, and then Auburn made seven of their next nine shots, all threes, you know, and they were right all of a sudden right back in the game. You know, it's like, you know, so Indiana's defense, uh, they're prone to giving up open looks. You know, when teams when teams can uh, rotate the ball quickly or give, you know, good hard cross-court passes to give open looks, Indiana gives up far too much of that. And I think part of it, is their defensive philosophy that I don't always agree with on that. And, you know, I, you know they're, they're, de- they're in court, their front court defense is good enough that they don't have to double all the time. They double far too much, in my opinion. But, you know, so I don't know. I mean, Kansas hasn't really been shooting it great from three, but they get some open looks. Who knows? You know, they might reel off several in a row in this game, too. Yeah, I think with, with Kansas, because you look at, like, Ken Palm, and Kansas shoots 40% from three. The problem is that they pass up way too many threes, and I do think that when they, you know, they don't look for it. It's not a huge part of their offense, even though I, I think it probably should be a little bit more than it is. Um, and, and you know, they are very much a go-inside team, much like Indiana is. The problem has been that when teams have given them that opportunity, 
unless somebody is just extremely hot from the jump, they typically go away from it really quickly. So I'll be interested to see if they're if they're willing to stick with it. You know, looking at how at how much uh, Indiana does give up in terms of three point shooting. Um, you know, that's that's going to be I think one of the the interesting things to keep an eye on is does Kansas have the um, the confidence in their three point shooting to be willing to take them even if they're not falling super early, knowing that things are probably going to even out to be a, a fairly significant positive for them, or are they going to let the fact that, that, you know, they potentially miss a few on the road pretty early, have them go back inside and just make this a slog of a game going back and forth. Cause you're right. Like both of these teams, uh, you know, Indiana does not shoot very well from three and they do not really defend very well from three. And usually like there's only one aspect of three point shooting where the defense can really have an impact. And that's how many of the open shots do you give up versus how many contested shots? Cause contested shots typically, that percentage and you know i've 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 talked with a, a few different people and and kind of looked at ken palm's explanation or ken pomeroy's explanations and for the most part three-point defense is independent of the uh or i'm sorry is, is is independent of actual play of the players with the exception of do you give the guy a wide open shot or not because most players if they're if they're good three-point shooters they'll make it whether it's contested or not um you know and, and the bad ones can make it can pretty much make it all the time as well when they're shooting completely wide open. So I'll be interested yeah. to see how much of that is there. And, you know, if it forces Indiana to, to jump or to change the way that they guard guys like Hunter Dickinson, uh, because I mean, again, that's really where Kansas has been successful is that teams have stopped Hunter Dickinson in the first half for the most part this year, but then Kansas does enough other things that they can't focus on him anymore. I mean, he's, he's a natural guy to focus on when you're trying to draw up a game plan. Um, but when they can't focus on, on on him anymore, that's when he really starts to get, um, you know, at least with this team, that's when he really starts to get dangerous. So, um, I, I do agree with you though. His, his physicality probably could use a little bit more, especially on defense. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see what he does here, especially in a, in the somewhat familiar stomping grounds of assembly hall. So, all right. Um, there is one thing that seems to always happen when Kansas plays a team that has, you know, something to be desired in three-point shooting. And that's some random player on the bench who's not a good three-point shooter uh, just absolutely goes off on, on the Jayhawks from three. So if you had to pick one guy on the Indiana bench, even it could even be a starter, but but one guy from Indiana that is just going to go off on the Jayhawks from three-point range, who do you think it would be? Well, I'll throw out an interesting name for you, and I mentioned him earlier. C.J. Gunn is a sophomore from Indianapolis, and he uh, – he was a prolific scorer in high school who really struggled last year as a freshman just trying to figure it all out. He was uh, two for 24 from three last year as a freshman. And then he missed his first, uh, I think it was his first six this year. Uh, but they hit a couple of huge threes in the Michigan game and hit a couple in the Maryland game. And he's got the potential to do that. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised at a home game where he's comfortable that maybe that's the case. You know, if you're asking me for a long shot guy who can maybe do that, it might be him. Uh, I also think one guy to look at who may be a, a, a get hot from three is Mackenzie Yamako, the freshman forward, six foot eight. Uh, you know, he said he, he uh, was down to Kansas and Indiana. And uh, so I think he would dearly love to have a really good game against Kansas. Yeah, uh, he started out. He started out really hot in the Auburn game. He hit two threes in the first minute, uh, but then he missed seven shots in a row, all threes. You know, so it's 
uh, I think he would love to have a big game against Kansas too. And I uh, wouldn't be a bit, he's been playing much better lately. He started out slow, but the last four or five games, he's been pretty good. So especially being at home, I would look for Mbako to have a big game too. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Mbako is a lot like Hunter Dickinson, guys that you wouldn't think would be ready to just take the three. But Mbako has the most three-point attempts on the team this year for, for Indiana, which is a little surprising when you look at it. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think that that's probably a really good candidate as well because he's only shooting 20% on the year. Um, but, you know, you can tell that he doesn't he doesn't really necessarily shy from taking them. So um, I will definitely be worried about that. I was already kind of worried about what Mbako is able to do. I see him very, fairly similar to a KJ Adams where he can do a lot of different things and potentially could cause some some matchup problems with the, his ability to kind of move around the floor. Um, I'm fully expecting yeah. KJ Adams to be on him most of the game just because, you know, KJ Adams I think is the closest type of player that can really kind of deal with all the different things that Mbako can do. So, um, all right, well, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. W- looking at this game, what do you think is going to be the biggest factor in the game, and what is your prediction? It doesn't necessarily have to be a score prediction, but if but but if you want to give us one, go ahead. Well, I uh, I mentioned it earlier. I think the key to this game is Indiana just cannot let Kansas go on any big runs. I mean, they, they have to be uh, they have to be better defensively than they were against Auburn. Uh, and, and we're against Connecticut, but they played great defense against Maryland and Michigan. And, you know, both of those teams are kind of off the so-so start. So I think people are discounting those wins, you know, unfairly. Uh, I think Indiana, you know, with the crowd behind them and the great environment, you know, their defensive efforts better. And if they can stay away from those long runs, that's the key. And then, uh, you know, of course, as we've mentioned, you know, Indiana just has to make some shots. You know, they, if they, if they can, if they can make six or seven threes in this game, you know, that'll be great. You know, and uh, I personally think, you know, I like this Kansas team a lot. I have a great amount of respect for Bill Self. And I think Kansas is really good. I could see them being in the Final Four again. But I think this is a Saturday where uh, it's, you know, it's Kansas' first true road game. It starts at 11.30 Central Time, which, you yeah. know, from Big, Ten, Big 12 games where that happens, where, there's a lot of ugly play on the road. Big 12 games that started at 11 o'clock in the morning. You know, it, it happened. So I could see Indiana getting off their good start and hanging on and keeping this thing close. I, I cannot pick Indiana to win in this game because I think just the talent discrepancy is too much. But I really do think it's going to be a really close, really good, really tight game all the way through it. You know, and it's just going to get determined in the last few minutes. Of course, uh, you know, foul trouble is always the key in a game like this. You it's hard to make a prediction, you know. You think Kansas might win by ten, but what if Hunter picks up two fouls in the first four minutes? You know, it's, you know what if KJ Adams picks up a third foul right before half? You know, things like that. You know, it's just, uh, you know, there's all those unknowns that get built into it. You know, I think Kansas will win, but I'm I'm fully prepared to feel like Indiana's going to give them a game, and it's going to be a tremendous environment. And um, you know, it's it's what college basketball in December is all about. I'm really excited for it. This home and home has been great. I thoroughly loved our trip to Fog Allen last year, and that was a blast. And uh, you know, I'm glad uh, glad we're playing these kind of games. Yeah, I, I did see where where Bill Self talked about. You know, they weren't sure if they were going to continue this series. I would love for them to do it, but obviously, being at Kansas, you know, you have plenty of opportunities for for really high level home and home series. I would love it if this one continued, but um, you know, I, I I think we'll definitely have to see. I will say though, 
Like, I do think that um, the one factor that you're not accounting for is the fact that this game is also on CBS. And Kansas, outside of March Madness, has played very badly on CBS whenever they play. Uh, so I, I'm I, w- the way I see this game going myself personally is that I do think that Kansas is going to struggle initially with the fact that, you know, they are on the road. Um, I could see them kind of having an opening very similar to the game against Missouri where things just aren't falling, where they just aren't, for whatever reason, um, able to connect. And then probably midway through the first half, that's where the game is really going to be decided. Is Kansas going to go on a big run to be able to get either really close or take the lead before halftime? Or, you know, is Indiana going to be able to hold them off? I would not be shocked at all. In fact, I, I probably would assume that that Indiana is going to be leading this game at the half. And the question is going to be, how what kind of adjustments does Kansas make at the half? Does Hunter Dickinson, you know, is he able to kind of get where he needs to be in the second half and start really having a huge effect? And you know he'll he'll make himself known rebound wise at least that's that's what he's done for the Jayhawks regardless of whether he's scoring or not but if he's not scoring in the second half then that means that things aren't going well for Kansas and 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 Indiana actually would have a legitimate shot of pulling this off i do think that this is a Kansas team that has enough holes and has enough things that don't always go right for them that they could drop this game very very easily it's just a matter of how big you know how how big of a uh, performance are we going to get from guys like KJ Adams from guys like Kevin McCuller and is Dewan Harris going to shoot in this game? If Dewan Harris is shooting in this game, it could get ugly pretty fast because when he shoots, typically he shoots well. Um, but yeah. he has to actually get to the point where he feels comfortable enough to shoot. And, you know, that's kind of been the biggest the biggest struggle with Kansas fans rooting for Dewan Harris is are we, you know, he needs to shoot more, but he won't shoot more. But he does so many other things well and gets so many other people involved that it's hard to fault him for you know, leaning on that particular strength. So, I, I mean, I, I do think I do think that, that Kansas ultimately pulls it out, kind of like you said, but I do think it's going to be very close. And really the only way I see this being a blowout is if Kansas goes on a huge, like, 20 to, you know, 5 run or something in the, the middle of the second half and puts it away. Um, but I just don't see that happening at this point. So I'm looking forward to a really entertaining game, a much more stressful than I want it to be game. Um, but, you know, these are the kind of games that we like to have in the holiday you know, as you're getting ready to go into conference play, um, at, at least on the on the Big 12 side, um, you know, you're you're ramping up. And this is a, a road test that Kansas needs to see how they do because you're going to be facing, you know, situations that are just as difficult or just as, you know, uh, raucous as, as what you see here in Assembly Hall while you're going through the Big 12. So, all right, Tom, um, any, anything else about this game, about this team that, that you want fans to know before we get out here? No, I mean, just, uh, you know, there's, these are two legendary programs that play in iconic buildings. And, uh, like I said, there was a great, uh, turnout for Indiana fans at Bog Allen last year. And I'll be curious to see how many, uh, uh, Kansas fans make the pilgrimage tomorrow. It's just, uh, you know, these, you know, I'm, these are games that I just love to see, to see happen. And, uh, I love to see more of them. And I hope the Kansas fans who make the trip to Bloomington have a good time and, uh, they'll be, uh, they'll be treated well here. Yep, I, I unfortunately I'm not going to be able to make the trip myself, but uh, I, I have women's games to cover as well. But I will definitely be watching. I will be enjoying it, and I look forward to the time that I actually do get to go up to Assembly Hall and 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 take it in myself. So, all right, Tom, uh, yep. let the people know. If, go ahead. Yep, keep in mind, Sandy, that on our uh, our uh, Sports Illustrated Fan Nation site, HoosiersNow.com, there's all sorts of content up already. They want to kind of bone up on the Indiana stuff. There's a lot of stuff there. Uh, Mike Woodson is speaking to the media here at about 9.15 Central Time. We'll have a bunch of stuff, you know, on, on his press conference after that, a Xavier Johnson injury update. So have him read that. And then, of course, on uh, on game day, 
Uh, we do a live blog from the game that is very down the middle. It's not just all Indiana stuff. So even even Kansas fans would enjoy a live blog right from press row. It's all right there on HoosiersNow.com. And just like your site, all free, no paywall, no subscription, no nothing. So uh, lots of good stuff there if they want to bone up on HoosiersNow.com to jump on over and check it all out. Yep, for sure. You, you actually beat me to it. I was going to ask about all that. So, all right, Tom, thank yep. you so much for joining me. Uh, have, a, have a good one. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate you having me on. And that is going to do it for us today. Um, thank you to Tom Brew for coming on. Uh, really enjoy talking with him. Before we get out of here for the day, just want to remind you about the other sponsor we have here on the podcast, and that would be pricepicks.com. They are the legal way to play daily fantasy. They have a ton of different options for you. The way it works over at Price Picks, they have tons of different predictions, uh, you know, total yards, touchdowns, uh, you know, points, assists, rebounds for a ton of different sports. They have NFL, they have college basketball, they have, uh, you know, they have really pretty much anything you can think of. They even have things like MMA, uh, you know, esports. They have tons of stuff. You just go pick anywhere up to six different things, uh, different, you know, predictions that you have, either more or less. Uh, and they have all kinds of great promotions all the time. But if you head on over there, uh, make those picks, you can win quite a bit. Uh, I believe it's up to a hundred times of what you've actually put in, depending on how many of your picks hit. But if you head on over there, pricepicks.com, use promo code chalk 12. You can get a 100% deposit match up to the first hundred dollars that you put in there. It's really fun. There's tons of stuff. Unfortunately, we do not have the ability to take a look and pick what the Kansas ones are because they have not released them yet, uh, for the basketball game, but they typically do have them come up the morning of, or maybe sometimes late the evening before. So definitely take a look, pay attention. Uh, you can use the great knowledge that you have about sports and what you know about these players and use it to find a way to make yourself some money. Again, pricepicks.com, use promo code CHOP12. You can get fit, uh, you can get a 100% match on your deposit up to the first $100. All right, and so that is going to go ahead and do it for us today. Thanks to everybody, or thanks to Tom for joining me. Thanks, you guys, all for listening. If you have not already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of the other million apps that are, at, that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast and subscribe. Get every episode as soon as it comes out. Give us a rating and review, five stars, nice comments. It'll be absolutely fantastic. But if for whatever reason you can't do that, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are, of course, part of the 1012 Podcast Network covering all the teams in the Big 12 Conference, including the new ones coming in. We have tons of great shows covering all those teams. Go over to 1012network.com to find links to every show that we have. Um, we are also partnered with Sports Social. That is the largest European uh, sports podcast network. We really enjoy working with them. Um, make sure you guys visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash 1012 network. You can get all kinds of great exclusive content over there, and you can support the shows that you really enjoy listening to. But that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you visit our sponsors, Prize Picks, Charlie Hustle. Um, you can get some great deals over there. But thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Podcast Network.